Today's scripture reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the second chapter, the first to the 11th verse. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our systematic walk through um, the book of Philippians, the the letter, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Philippi. Um, The last time we looked at the first four verses, the first four verses of the second chapter, just as a brief recap, uh, it reads, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. As we shared last time, the verse begins with, uh, the chapter, the verse, verse one begins with, therefore, meaning, Again, what follows is based or modified on what happened beforehand. Therefore, therefore what? In verse 27, Paul writes that whatever happens, live in a way that properly reflects the gospel of Christ. And he is moved from the individual to the community. From the me, as we said last time, from the me to the we. So he goes on and he, and, and he applies that uh, series of if clauses. And if we look at the original uh, language, it's not, it's not so much if that maybe this might happen, but it's more like since this has happened. Since his love has made a difference in your life. Since being in a community of, of the spirit means something to you. If you have heart, if you care, then do make my joy even greater by agreeing with each other, loving each other, being unified in spirit, being one in purpose. So on the basis of these four attributes of Christian life, Paul writes that their expression of this spiritual unity would make his joy even more complete. See, again, uh, as, as, as 21st century uh, North American followers of Jesus Christ, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, uh, you know, not only I'm in it to win it, but I'm in it for me. 
It, it's me. It, it, it's me. I'm what, it's all about me, just, you know, from, from, from relationships to, to whatever. It's, it's what am I going to get out of this? Paul writes, and he, Paul goes on to write how this is to be accomplished. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, I shared before, I say it again, one of the, if not the greatest uh, hurdle, sin, that we will face, it's the sin of self. The sin of self. The sin of, it's me. What am I going to get? What is God going to do for me? What are you going to do for me? What is even being a part of this fellowship of faith going to do for me? What's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? That's, that's a very self-centered perspective. I know, you're probably thinking, well, it's like, well, why wouldn't I? I mean, I join a health club because of what's in it for me. I join, uh, you know, uh, uh, I go to the restaurant, the certain restaurant, because of what's in it for me. Uh, that's the problem. See, see that, that's the, there's, there's no we part of that. See, not only are we not comparing the right things, but even in the comparison, we're looking at it, again, from what am I going to get out of it? Not what is in the best interest of the family? What is in the best interest of the community? What is in the best interest of the city? And that's why we have all these little Balkan islands, all these little, little, little areas of, of tension because everybody is looking out for what's in it for themselves. See? What Paul is talking about is essentially what Jesus commanded in which, you know, a little church like City Church has embraced. You love God, you love others. You love God, you love others. You love God, love others. It's, it's through our embrace and understanding of God that we, you know, again, I don't have to try and be bold. I am. See? Uh, I, so, so as I am in right relationship with him, then necessarily the, the right behaviors will come out. And I'll find myself loving others. I mean, the first century church, they just, you know, there was a need. Everybody pitched in. It's just like a, like a potluck dinner. Everybody pitched in, and whatever you needed, people pulled out. Hey, I need a mattress. I got one here. You can have it. I need five bucks. Here, I got it. You can have it. I need prayer. Well, I was already praying for you. See, it's a different perspective. As, 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 again, as opposed to, man, how am I going to get this? How am I going to get that? What am I going to do? This? You know, it's, 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 very, it's very easy to fall into that trap. And it's very easy to even put a religious spin on that. To say, well, you know, so got, what God wants to do is, is check off all the boxes in your life. That's not what God is about. He's not about checking off all your boxes. He's not about checking off uh, your, or, or signing on and, 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 and fulfilling your agenda. It's not what God's about. Paul writes that if we are to accomplish all the things that God desires, if we are to live out a life that is worthy of the calling of our, on our lives, if we are to experience that abundant life filled with unspeakable joy, it really starts in how we operate in community, in fellowship with one another. We know it at, at a certain level. Uh, you know, you don't want to be—you don't want to go out to lunch with somebody who's stingy, do you? 
We know that. See, at a certain level, we get it and we understand it. Someone is like, uh, well, I, I didn't pay for that drink. Uh, and they're up there calculating the tax and everything else. It's like, I don't, I don't even want you just, you just mess up the whole flow with your stinginess. Oh, I'm just being fair. I don't, you know. No, you're being stingy. You're, you, you, the, the, your, your whole focus is, I want what's mine. I want to pay for what's mine. I want to be responsible for only what's mine. You ate that, you pay for it. You drank that, you pay for it. See? That, that's, that's, that's on a small scale. That's exactly what, what Paul is talking about. You know, again, to transform, to move from food to dying daily. Living sacrificially. This is what Paul uses. These are phrases Paul uses to describe what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Dying daily. Living sacrificially. We spend too much time, sometimes a lifetime, uh, dancing around the dysfunctional issues of life. Just... You know, again, it's almost like a, a, a leaky levee or something that's, that's, that's passing water. And you put a finger in there and you stop the water flow there. And then it comes out another way and you put it in there. And it's like, it's in there. And after a while, I only got 10 fingers. What am I supposed to do? Trust him. Try a new strategy. Yeah, you, you, you've, had, you've had your run at this. So, okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you. So what does this life, this behavior look like? Well, I'm glad you asked because starting in verse 5, Paul starts to describe exactly what that looks like in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I like how the, the message version reads, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Think of yourself Think of yourself. Just, just, it, he's right. This, see, this is the other thing we need to recognize is that this was a real letter to real people with real issues. This wasn't some theological treatise that, uh, you know, was written. Uh, it's like, well, you know, in theory, this is what you should do. No. Lived out. This is what you should do. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Literally, according to the reading of the best manuscripts, it goes something like this, and it does, it's a wooden reading. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mind this in you, which also minded in Christ Jesus. Mind this in you, which was also minded in Christ Jesus. The same mind, if you could do a lobotomy, take the mind of Christ and put it in your mind. Exchange it for your mind. Paul is saying, do that. So pivoting from, the, from, from verse 4 where he wrote, not to look on our own interests, but instead focus on the interests of others, Paul drives his point home with undeniable proof by offering Jesus as the model by which you should model your behavior. You want to know what to do? You want to know how to live? Let the mind of Jesus Christ be the mind that's in you. I'll share more in a minute, but again, this, this cuts to the heart of, 
where we make that, 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 that mistake of confusing um, I can't with I won't. A lot of times we'll say I can't, but in reality it's, it's not, no, no, actually you can. It's more you won't. I won't forgive that person. You have no idea how much they hurt me. Oh, well, we dress it up and we say, well, you know, I find it so hard. You know, God hasn't blessed me to, uh, to have that, 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 that level of forgiveness. So I can't, I just can't get it out of my mind. No, you just won't get it out of your mind. I can't. No, you won't. And, and, and to the degree we, need, we, we recognize that, then healing, then transformation can begin to take place. He doesn't give an abstract, vague description about what he's talking about, but uses what is likely an early church hymn, a hymn, a song, a, a, a praise. That's, that's what we have packaged right here. And so he goes on to describe exactly what he's talking about. I won't try and hum it because I don't even know the tune. But, but, but this, is, this is likely a song that was sung by the early church in describing just who this Jesus the Christ is. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah, I was thinking as I was, I was doing uh, the research and study, the song by Andre Crouch uh, came to mind. Uh, it goes in part, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't even know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed he, his life. But oh, that I'm glad. So glad that he did. Um, this is not, uh, this is definitely not an equivalent, but the true mark of the depth of relationship is to the degree you will go out of your way to provide service or love to someone else. It's no coincidence that Jesus himself used the service to others as a, as a true measure uh, uh, of the depth of relationship. Uh, on that last day, this, this is what Jesus said, uh, I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. What's your point? I'm glad you asked. Just as our need for salvation caused the Son of God to set aside everything, it's the needs of others that causes us to set aside our wants, our wishes, our desires. It becomes so easy to get caught up into just me. And it might even radiate out to the one you're married or, or, or your, your significant other. And it may even extend to your kids, but for the most part, it just it pretty much ends right there. I need a helping hand. I need a prayer. I need this. Well, you know, it's, it's you know, I got, <laughs> I've, got an, I've got a little oil and a little, little flour, and uh, me and my son, we're going to eat that. There ain't none for you. 
Essentially, that's what we're saying. See? But, the, the, but the, the degree we are being, the, to the degree we're willing to be inconvenienced, to go out of our way, to receive that call, when you know it's not convenient. Man, why are they calling it 10 o'clock at night? Can't I wait in the morning? Why are they calling for this need or that need? I, you know, there's just not enough time in the day. There's, you know, I've got my own life to live. To the degree, can you imagine? Just, just, I know we can't, but let's, let's just try. Imagine the, 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 the infinite comfort that Christ was experiencing in the presence of the Father. Just imagine, just imagine. It's like, I'm in heaven. Where's heaven? Wherever God is. Okay, I'm there. And, and uh, you know, there goes the creation. Screwed up again. Okay, all right. So what are we going to do? Let's start over. No, he didn't say that. He said, Let's, we're going to have to be, a body has to be prepared. I'm going to have to leave my position of comfort, my positional authority, that just, just everything that I am. I'm, I am God. I speak things into existence. And what am I going to do? I'm going to come down and take on the form of my creation, live amongst them, and really be inconvenienced, be crucified. I just, you know, it's it just, it just, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. You guys are better than I am, so you might would do that. No need me lying. I ain't doing that. There's no way. It's like, oh, it's pretty good up here. Well, you know, we could start all over. And that's pretty much what we do with a lot of relationships. When, when going gets tough, it's like, you know what? This didn't, it just didn't work out. And we start all over. And we take our messed up self into the next relationship. That's what we do. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm telling, even for believers, this, this sounds crazy because we've been conditioned to see salvation as some, as some type of black hole that, that everything comes to me. Everything. Starts with salvation and it ends with the, the car in my driveway. The point is to save me and to benefit me. Paul would say the point and purpose of your salvation is to benefit others. I know, you never heard that one before. The point and purpose of your salvation is to benefit others. Shared it before, I share it again. If, 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 if the only point of our relationship with God is salvation, uh, there's 70 years it's being squandered. Because from the point of our salvation, it's a wrap. Take me home. Beam me up, Jesus. You've seen the bumper stickers. Beam me up, Jesus. I don't want to be bothered with this mess. It's inconvenient. It's dirty. It's messy. People. It's just people. Just have to deal with people. It's just, it's not comfortable. We are saved to the benefit of others. We are saved to the benefit of others. You have been given gifts to benefit others. Think of the gifts that you have. Think of, and again, I don't need calling you guys. You're so talented, it's ridiculous. You're so talented. 
Think of your gifts. Your gifts are for the benefit of not for you. That's why God doesn't let me play the piano because I'd be so greedy with that. I'd just sit there, I'd have a piano in my front room and I'd just be playing crazy. I just love the sound of a piano and I'd just play like crazy and I'd consume it to myself. I don't need an audience, don't need it. Look, I ain't playing for you, I'm playing for me. That's why, I don't, that's why I don't have the gift. I'm convinced. What God has gifted you, how he has gifted you, is for the benefit of others. It's radical thinking. It, it, because if we're not careful, you know, God gave me this gift so I can do well financially, so I can do well with my family, so I can do well, so I can actualize, so I can, so I can you know, and, and we might even put a little spin on it, to the glory of God, but really it's to the glory of Mark. Yeah, I'll break off God a little bit. He can get a little credit, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's like, I feel good about me. I know, what are you saying, Pastor? I shouldn't feel good about me. You should feel good about how am, is the gifting that God has given me bringing glory to him? How is he getting praised? How is, how, how, how is he exalted? How, are, how is his creation being benefited by all of the things that he has given me? Huh. Though he was in the form of God, though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. Jesus could have easily said and been correct in saying, look, I'm God. I didn't eat the fruit. It ain't my fault. Suffer the consequences. I know, I know. It ain't my fault. He shouldn't have done that. She shouldn't have done that. It's not my fault. They just need to suffer the consequences. I'd be a bad steward. You know, God doesn't want me to do that. Seriously. I mean, don't, don't, I can't versus I won't. Did God say that? Or did you say that? What has God asked you to do in terms of your giftedness? Our relationship and our position in God is not for us to consume to our benefit. So Paul goes on to describe the consequence of Jesus' humble obedience. Therefore, as a result of all of his humility, Jesus' resume doesn't speak humility in human terms. He, he's God. He's God. But he humbled himself. He took on the form of a human. He was obedient to the death of the cross. And as a result of that, therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names so that the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, under the earth, might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here we go to the glory of God the Father. Even, this is, this is weird, this, even God in his godness did God things to glorify God. 
and we have the audacity to quibble with, God didn't call me to do that. Did you ask? I don't feel like, okay, now we're getting close to the truth. I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. It's uncomfortable to do that. But what did God ask you to do? I'm closing. So what do we have? What we have is the perfect portrait of the perfect servant, savior, and God. This is beyond Mona Lisa portrait stuff. This is, this is, a, this is, this is a, the Rembrandt. This is, a, this, is, this is perfection personified. And so we have the perfect, absolute perfect servant, savior, and God just laid, laid out for us to, 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 to look at and to say, well, how do I stack up? How does my life look compared to what he did? Note two things. Two things. First, honor followed obedience. Honor followed obedience. We all want honor. Very few of us want to obey. We all want honor. All eyes on me. Didn't I sing? Didn't I preach? Didn't I hit a home run? Didn't I, didn't I pump that 500 pounds? Didn't I? Didn't I? But, but we don't obedience. Second, the entire point and purposes of Jesus' life, death and resurrection, was what we just shared. It was to the glory of God the Father. That's his whole life. As a child, Jesus said, you know, parents are looking for him, thought he was lost. <laughs> if anybody was lost, it was a parent. And he said, don't you know? I must be about the Father's business. I, I you know, I don't, I, I don't have, my, my, my time is limited. I don't have much time to be hanging around uh, doing little kitty things. He was like 11, 12, whatever he was. And he, I know, he's God, we weren't, I understand. I, so, but some of us are still 12 and uh, uh, we're past 50. Don't you know? Don't you know we got to be about the Father's business? The point and purpose of our life is to glorify God. I'm, I said I'm closing, I am. Uh, if you ever ask Sister Meeks, if, if, let's just put it this way, if Sister Meeks ever asks for help, and she does that occasionally, she's pretty, she's an independent grown woman. She, she's, she's Sister Meeks and all that. But in those occasions where she's asked for, can you help me with such and such? particularly when it comes to things that are maybe, you know, like smartphone or computer or whatever. The last thing that she wants me to do is to do it for her. The last thing she wants me to do is to do it for her. Her words are always, show me. Show me. Show me 
show me what it is you're trying to accomplish. See, that's the impression I get from Paul. Essentially, he seems to be saying, let me show you. See, a, a picture's worth a thousand words, so let me show you. Instead of just talking in generalities, instead of just talking about vague things, instead of talking about what it means to be, to have a life that honors God, let me show you what it looks like for people to set aside their own good and watch out for the better of others. This is crazy. This, this is, by giving, people receive. By serving, they are served. By losing their lives, they find them. By dying, they live. By humbling themselves, they are exalted. That is not 21st century thinking. That's eternal thinking. That's what Christ has called us to do. The one follows the other, but always in that order. Always in that order. Self-sacrifice comes before any exaltation by God. We want to be exalted. We want the blessings of life. And God is like, no, no. Serve me. Serve me. Serve me. Serve me. I'll do the exalting. I'll do the race. See, lay your life down. Pick up your cross. Follow me. If you lose your life, you'll find it. But if you try and save your life, you're going to lose it. I know, that's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. See, that's why, no doubt, uh, Paul, and we'll study that as we, when we get into the third chapter, um, Paul writes that the righteousness he has comes from knowing Jesus Christ, the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to experience what it's like to be so into Christ that there's no distinction between Christ lived out and my being lived out. Of late, there seems to be a, a, just a whole bunch of polls and talk around the apparent decline in church attendance and identification with Christianity. Atheism is up. Atheism is up. Being an agnostic is up. Spirituality, people that, well, you know, I'm not Christian, but I'm spiritual. Spirituality is up. Christianity is down. And according to a recent survey, 61% of today's youth that had been churched at one point in their teens are now just spiritually unplugged. 61%. 61%. And I know, I see, I'm not, I'm not, I know what I'm talking because I, I see it lived out in, in, in the circles that I run around. More than half of the people the, of, the, of, the, of this and the next generation have said, you know what, I'm, I'm good. See, but what I've long suggested is the word Christian has come to mean something new and something less meaningful than it did 2,000 years ago. What is it when we, Christ, when, when we Christians, Christ followers, what, 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 is that, what does that really mean? Christian. Christ followers. What, what does it mean to us? What does it mean? Well, as I close, it's either to uh, know him or you might say no to him. Let's not make the mistake again of saying I can't with I won't. Simply being called a Christian or having attended worship or kicked in a few bucks in the offering pan or any of those things, they're wonderful. 
they're wonderful. Don't get me wrong, they're wonderful, please. You know, it's, it's wonderful. But what does it mean to say yes to him? What, I mean, what does it mean to be a Christ follower? What, what really does it mean? I like the, the, the we don't sing it, uh, but the, the one hymn I remember uh, growing up uh, went in part, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. How I long to be like him. How does that look? So meek and lowly, so high and holy, how I long to be like him. Um, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians, we smell, we smell. We smell like the aroma of Christ's offering to God, both to those who are being saved and to those who are on the road to destruction. We smell like a contagious dead person to those who are dying, but we smell like the fountain of life to those who are being saved. Makes you want to take a good long whiff, right? What do you smell like? What, 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 what do you smell like? Is it an aroma that is attractive to those that are looking for life? You find yourself, this will be a good indicator. If you find yourself, people just, just gravitating around you, and you're, the first thing in, in, in you is just like, leave me alone. See? That's, that's you're, you know, just bees are attracted to those, those sweet-smelling flowers. You know, just like, I, I, I want, you've got something. It's, it's, and then to those that don't want life, it's like, you know, I don't like you. You think you're all that, don't you? Think you're better than I am, don't you? Yeah, oh, oh, holy, holy. Uh, yeah, you think you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just can't wait for an opportunity to throw uh, a misstep into your face. As I would tell folks, it's like, well, yeah, you caught me in a mistake and uh, just keep hanging around, you'll find some more. See, but to those that want life, it's your life that becomes an attractive fragrance that people want to be around. That's why people hang around you. I'm, I'm done. I'm so blessed to have the, uh, the, the, the opportunity to, 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 to wed John and Ashley. And it was just incredible to hear the person after person after person talk about how Ashley and John, uh, there was something about them that I was attracted to. Were they? Are they? Will they be perfect? They look awesome, but they're not perfect. It's him. It's not us. It, it, it's him. It's not us. So, so to the degree we are in him, as Paul said, we know him, then necessarily we will be a part of a broad community of faith that wants what we have, that desires what we have, and you can't help, you couldn't shake folks away uh, if you wanted to. They want to be so part of your life. Let's pray.